Hello and welcome to Talk and Talk podcast for the media by us. My Talk name is Brent, and I'm here today with David, Chris, hey. and TJ. Yeah, that was Talk and Talk podcast. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to be talking about last week's homework. Uh, actually, homework from a couple weeks ago. Love Simon, a 2018 release that I assigned. I signed off podcast, so, uh, but, you know, you saw the announcement on the Facebook group, so. That's Hopefully. Weird. Love, Simon. It's 2018. Sort of a, it's a very, uh, generic, in, in, at least in terms of plot. It's a, sort of a, uh, a high school romantic comedy that, uh, that you're kind of used to seeing, except, uh, it focuses on a, uh, gay protagonist who. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on. Gay? <laughs> Do you have a different reading of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what movie? What movie did you watch? Wait, wait. He's gay? <laughs> and uh, he is. Uh, he has not come out, and he comes pen pals of sorts with uh, another student at his high school who is also not out. On a school blog, which is apparently a thing people have to deal with in 2018. It is yep. a thing. <laughs> Wait, is that real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I was also like, do high school kids drink coffee? And Sandra was like, yes. I thought <laughs> I was this, like, oh. I thought that whole high school uh, website thing was just a just a clever device for the, well, not nope. clever, but just a device to move the plot along. That's but, a thing. Yeah. There, I, there's I, a whole, like, I'm like so glad messaging. I'm, old, I'm as old as I am. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole messaging app. I don't know if it's still around, but it was, like, four years ago called Yik Yak and the whole thing was everyone's anonymous but you can only see messages if you're close geographically somewhere oh. so it ended up being like a, like a rumor board for high schools oh yeah high schoolers are the worst dark days yes high schoolers are the worst so back to this horror movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway he uh he becomes he starts writing some very uh personal intimate notes back and forth with this other person uh, sharing their experiences and what they're going through and whatnot and uh, a third party discovers it takes some photos of these uh, uh, emails and uh, holds it against our main character our main character's name is Simon 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 <laughs> took me a second there took me a second there I was like who is the main character in Love Simon Love uh, Spear <laughs> so uh he uh, uses them to, to blackmail Simon in order to... Uh, he wants Simon to set him up romantically with uh, Simon's friend... Abby? Abby. Abby. Mm-hmm. Who is... Uh, a lot of people want to get set up with Abby in this movie. And uh, anyway, the movie is sort of about uh, Simon navigating this situation of um, not wanting to be outed by this uh, acquaintance... And dealing with his friends, and uh, also trying to uncover the identity of his pen pal, trying to figure out who the uh, who he is, who he eventually falls in love with. Yeah, yeah, you can. That that would be the romance of the movie. It starts off as him kind of trying just to find like another confidant, right? Because he's not ashamed of being gay. Um, He's very I don't know how to word that. He's very like good at being in the closet. Like nobody suspects him of being gay. And he also, like, he, he makes a point to point out that, like, he doesn't think he's going to be an outcast. He just likes the way his life is. He's got, like, sort. the world's most perfect parents. Yeah. Like, he, he thinks his parents will accept it, and, uh... His friends are awesome. His friends are great, and so I think he just, he just uh, is sort of... Just coming out on your own terms. That's, sca- yeah. yeah. 
high school is kind of about survival, and he knows how to survive as this closeted Simon character, and he just doesn't, as you can see later in the movie, he doesn't even know what it means to be gay in high school, besides there's the one openly gay kid, uh, Ethan, and then there's him uh, kind of Googling <laughs> like how to be gay yeah. <laughs> later on. And the, the other gay person in the high school, not the pen pal, <clears throat> Blue is the pen pal name he right. goes by. But Ethan is, I mean, like, obviously, like, dresses like feminine. Flamboyantly gay. Yes. Yeah, like, to the female, point where Simon, hair. I think he's Simon even makes a, makes a joke yeah. at one point. He's like, yeah, I'm not that gay. Yeah. Like, and they also make the joke with it where Ethan, Ethan comes out, Ethan to, his comes out to his friends and they're like, we're so surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it was, yeah, it was yeah, one horrible. Like, that was overselling. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love Ethan, by the way. Ethan's a great character. Yeah. So, what did y'all think of the movie? I thought the first 30 minutes was average and boring. And I do think the rest of the movie was closer to average, but I kind of think that's the point. Uh, at the end, I realized I kind of loved it. I thought they played with that. I've never really thought deep about how that, uh, like, why do, and this was kind of in the trailers a little bit, but why gay people, like, homosexual people are born with that, like, distinct disadvantage, that they're not the norm, they have to come out, they have to make it a thing. All that was really important and good and clever. Mm-hmm. That <clears throat> he has to have this big moment in his life. That's going to define him forever. And that sucks. And I thought that was interesting. I thought it's kind of two different movies. One is a symbol. One is the actual movie. As a symbol, you know, it's it's famously, and it touted itself, it's the first, like, major studio romantic comedy focusing on a gay teen protagonist. And it's kind of insane that that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And especially that his gayness is not a source of tragedy, where no one takes their life at the end because they're closeted gay and no one understands them. But it's just like him coming of age, um, you know, with his sexuality. So that part I appreciate, and I appreciate the uh, a lot of the reviews are like it's wonderfully normal or wonderfully average that you can have this tale go through that. Yes, and it's it's okay, and it made money, and it was popular, and people liked it. On the other hand, I don't think the movie rises above kind of just like one of those teen Netflix movies for me. Did you think at all of To All the Boys I've Ever Loved? I did. Because it's basically the same movie. And I, I kind of prefer that movie. Just I just watched it last night, so I'm still kind of forming my take. I didn't think there was anything that kind of cohesive through the movie. I, I don't think it really knows what it's trying to do that much. Like, it has some of those uh, 500 Days of Summer flights of fancy with, like, the I'm going to be gay in college, so here's, like, a, a musical number, just like that movie does. Or does the... It's a good scene, but it's kind of feels like in a different movie to me that uh, like all my friends coming out is straight mm-hmm. and the rest of it is like you know it's from the writers of This Is Us like some This Is Us dialogue with like the each of the parents gets there out of nowhere like soliloquy about being a great parent and having a gay kid so yeah. I don't know it didn't really cohere that much for me despite I like the main character a lot um, I don't know if he was good in the movie but I, I like him and uh, I liked the friends a lot. I thought they were great. Yeah. A lot of great color in all the, the side characters. But, again, I guess one of the strengths is it's being average, but one of the weaknesses, too, for me, is that it's kind of just average. Yeah, I can see that. But I definitely did enjoy that. I don't know. I don't know if that if it kind of turns into, like, a is it art conversation? You know what I mean? Where it's, like, it's average, but it's also done something that's literally never been done before, which is interesting. <clears throat> It's very important, and, and it's a good milestone, and a good yeah. uh, in that respect. I wound up liking it beyond the importance of the movie. I, I really did like the movie, and I think it's because 
It is sort of an in terms of plot, it is average. It is the type of thing where sort of a convoluted like, oh no, now I have to do this to keep this from happening type right. of, of story, which is very common in high school movies. Right. And but I think it worked for me because I thought the movie had some parts that were genuinely funny. I thought it had a lot of heart, like heartfelt. It felt earnest to me. And uh, I really liked the, the cast. I really thought the performances were, were good. I don't know that the performances were that strong, but I liked the cast. Yeah, the cast that makes sense. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was a little saccharine, um, which I think that you have to be with a high school romantic comedy. Um, maybe just not my thing. But it is exciting that this is a movie that can perform in that space as, you know, the big budget, not big budget, but big, made, big studio. Made a ton of money. With an open, <clears throat> with a gay character. And I, I like David, do like that they don't fantasize the gay experience. The, my favorite scene in the movie is when he comes out to Abby. It's just mm-hmm. so simple and such plaintive dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, they have the conversation that goes on in everyone's heads when they think about it. She's like, did you want me to be surprised? Like, where it's nice with watching him just come out to his friend and his friend just be like, okay. Like, cool, man. Yeah, and it was a good, you know, and, and obviously this is only what I can imagine, but a good coming out experience. Obviously not from him getting outed, outed by Martin to the whole school and yeah. everybody. But... The fact that, like, I, I thought it was fun that his friends were so indifferent that they were still pissed at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although Leah kind of weaponizes it and is like, I can't believe you told Abby first. Well, it was, why did you? Like, if right. if I'm your best friend, why? And I, I think that was as far as, like, the ignorance goes out of the main characters in the movie. I mean, you obviously have, like, the two douchebags in the high school. Right. But, like, the vice principal didn't give a shit. Although it's quick to point out that, like, yeah, I said what I saw in you was not that. Just so we're clear, it's kind of he has like a no homo joke essentially. I thought it was more of a like, um, I, I didn't see that. I didn't feel that as a no homo joke. I thought it, I thought it was more of a. I think you're special, not special because I yeah, thought you were. Gay, I didn't want you to think that, but you can be exceptional despite that, right? I, like, I didn't want you to don't think I was like coming on to you, like. Hmm. Like, I didn't want to offend you, kind of. And I mean, that's... I've danced around that with gay people when I was younger, too. Where it's like, uh, I'm sorry if I said something that was out of line. Yeah, I just don't know. Right. This is not my world. Right. And mentioning favorite characters, I uh, loved the drama teacher. She was an extra in Lion King. (laughs) The way she talks to those students, she would be so fired. (laughs) Yes. Again, though. But I, I don't think I don't she mind. <laughs> yeah. But like, a, but like an after-school activity, I think there's a little more leniency. I'm thinking more her breaking up the... Uh, the, the, the cafeteria thing? Homophobic, yeah, display from those two students. Just The, the way shit, she dresses them the, down. The venom she spits. <laughs> they could probably, like in today's day and age, probably be gone. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Her, her in that scene is the only thing that made that scene talk. Like, the, that scene was just so... Cliched to me until she came in. I loved her in that scene. Yeah, I mean that was the the other thing about this movie is that I feel like even when we were in high school, I didn't know people that would have done that. Like I was not close to people that would have acted that way if one of our friends came out. 
Right. You know what I mean? Not, Not saying like that's that, less likely twenty years later. Right. So if it was that bad, if it was that good when I was in high school, yeah, you know, eighteen years ago, in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, in the in red Georgia, yeah, that. There was a bunch of people that would have done it, but nobody liked them and nobody hung out with them. They hung out with themselves. They wouldn't have done that. They, it's it's all like quiet, whis- whispering behind, whispering hate behind people's backs. Yes, yeah. I think they just threw clues throughout the movie. You can interpret this is a pretty blue suburb of Atlanta. But uh, you can't see that being oh, yeah. like something that. I mean, he says his parents are like liberal gods. Yeah, yeah. It's probably supposed to be Decatur. It's a Tim Peachtree battle, which is just like even more rich Decatur. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what was the other thing? Because obviously the Waffle House connection. What was the other chain they go to that is like clearly Atlanta? Well, they got a, early on. They got a d- 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 uh, dancing goat. Da- dancing goat. Dancing goat. Donkeys. That's right. <laughs> dancing goat equals donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's wearing Georgia gear all the time. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even notice that the dad was wearing Georgia gear. <laughs> I didn't pick up on because any- to me it's not like it's like oh yeah that's just life. <laughs> so I didn't- Buddy Adam comes into town and he says he sees people with Georgia stuff on because he lives you know, up north. And uh, he says when he sees the people up there and he's at a bar and somebody's got a Georgia hat on, he's just like, go dogs immediately. But he comes out here and he still does it. But he has to do it all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got on Georgia hat. <laughs> you missed me. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it, was, a, it was a fun movie. I kind of could have done without the, the ending. And pretty much, I, I, it's not that he found love or... You know, eventually, eventually found blue, but that felt the most like magic, like the worst part of John Hughes. Yeah, yo, yeah, definitely. The I think, yeah, I think well, just the whole carnival. Essentially. Yeah, I think it's definitely trying to challenge or to uh, channel those movies. Yeah, like the big moment where everyone's watching, and that's where you you have to find your love in the spotlight, right? Sort of thing. And, and it's a weird thing where one of the girls is filming, and Leah like don't film this, yeah. and it's like, wow, you're already. You're cheering them on. Everybody's <laughs> watching. Yeah. You're already making a spectacle out right. of it. Like, you're as as active a participant as she is. Yeah. Also, also spoilers, but, uh, you know, props to Simon for immediately correctly figuring out who Blue was, only to be thrown off by a, uh, a very misleading... Yeah, I mean, it's another thing. I think, I think that's important, though. I think that... that, uh, that, that it's the same confusion he goes through with Leah... That Bram goes through with that random girl, right. like you know, you're you're not you're not you're not out of the closet. Like you 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 are maintaining your right. straightness in the public perception. So for Simon to walk in, that's not an affirmation that he's not blue. That's just an affirmation that he's not out, right? Which he's not to anyone except for Jacques. But yeah, Simon just doesn't connect that. Right, you're saying yeah, he doesn't think that anyone else who he like sees in life has. This experience, even though he does, and he knows that Blue does, yeah, and probably Simon because, has had ex girlfriends too. Yeah, yeah. If you guys didn't didn't necessarily need the ending, would you edit the postscript out too? Like the riding in cars, getting coffee with Simon and his new boyfriend. So mine was going to be when he walks into school and everybody's normal, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like he high fives a guy, like talks to somebody about something, and just walking through. And kind of that. You'd have had the first scene of the movie play out again. Yeah, essentially his, his routine again. Kind of what they foreshadow when Martin embarrasses himself in front of the school, and she's like, "Give it three weeks, everyone will forget." Yeah, and I wouldn't have minded though, like them picking up Bram at yeah. the end. Like I, I would have been fine with that. So cut, cut the carnival. Just the, the carnival just felt weird. Well, the Ferris wheel part. Yeah, you could have had him picking up someone, even a character we hadn't met yet, and he just yeah. Like, 
you know, feels as though it's just normal. Yeah. I had a moment where I did think it might have been Leah. Until the bedroom scene where Leah was like in love with him, obviously. Yeah, the mystery thing, I don't know that that's the strongest part of it, but uh, my wife and I kept having fun. It's like, oh, it's the principal. <laughs> and then like, oh, it's the little sister catfishing him. <laughs> oh my god. Just from our... It would be so sad if the little sister catfished hey, if you've seen her very all supportive the, brother. If you've seen all the seasons of Catfish we have, there are catfish things like that. It's someone's I, cousin. Yeah. Ugh. I thought like it could have been fun if it was Leah, honestly. Because, I mean, obviously she's been staying in this room with this boy forever. <clears throat> so, I don't know that I was never really engaged in the mystery a whole lot. I wouldn't either. But, I did like the scenes where Simon thought he had figured it out. And then, <clears throat> we're like, the, daydreaming. The costume that's, of blue changes for the reading the emails. That That's also, I mean, we are four straight white men. I think that the the email chain is irrelevant. This this is the challenge for gay men. That's that's what the story I think is about in the middle there is you never know if someone is gay mm-hmm. and you don't want to come straight out and say like, oh hey are you gay I'm interested in you because that's not how you talk to people right like so it's, again like going back to the other root of the movie is like you don't go up to some girl and be like are you straight right like that's you just mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah you just you just establish a human connection with them mm-hmm. so it's so the mystery is the one that plays out with any like gay person is is could this be a romance or not? Sure, I can That's see that. Yeah, yeah, it kind of has a uh, just a, a mechanism for that vulnerability of coming up to someone like that. Yeah, it takes the form of figuring out this person. Right, it's really just figuring out in general. Yeah, blue is blue is just a stand-in word for gay. The are you blue? Are you blue? Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's all it is to me. It's a good point. I like that. Yeah. I did. I was in a, you know, sad state because I just watched The Star is Born. <laughs> we got <laughs> home and we started watching this. But I did uh, kind of, like, tear up a little bit when Jennifer Garner was saying, like, I'm so happy you get to exhale. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been so long. And it was just like, that does suck. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like they, they showed you that well. Like... It does have to be, while it is very hard and it sucks and it's something that gay people everywhere have to go through, I bet it does feel great when it's finally done. You know what I mean? Like, aside from any shit you might get from assholes, it was... I've just never really thought about that. I've never seen a movie think about that either. Like, actually just the coming out part of being gay, which is... What this movie is about, like, also the, 100%. the not that it's a bad thing, but the aftermath, or maybe the the events after that, right? So maybe someone hadn't thought about, but both him and Blue talk about that, and they displayed that in the movie. I think that's per- interesting for us to uh, watch as people who don't have that experience. Yeah, who just don't know what it's like to have to go through that. I mean, like we all have tons of gay friends, and we talk to them, and they're obviously not any fucking different when you talk to them about any fucking yeah. thing. But they do have this one huge moment of their life that I'm completely ignorant to. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. He has the, on Christmas Day, you know, he comes out to his parents a little bit just because he's essentially forced to. And then the the next big thing is he has kind of the dread of his first day back from school. Yeah. And, you know, not really thinking about that part, about being socially out afterwards. I did love, you get Jennifer Garner, who's kind of the perfect mother with this scenario, who was immediately like, I mean, even before her soliloquy, she's, her first words are just like, oh, Simon. And she's immediately like, sorry that he had to go through mm-hmm. 
the past four years and whatever he's going through now. And the dad immediately did what I might do as a dad, which is just like, let's joke around this because I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know how to react. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's a, he's a great parent, but he kind of fucks that up just because, not in a mean way, he just doesn't know how to react. And that's and he has his guilt about, like, he's he makes... You know, what the movie makes very plainly clear, he makes gay jokes here and there. Yeah. And then part of his, like, making a joke and not knowing what to do about it is grappling with his guilt, which he comes to term with. I think that's also a pretty good scene. That was my favorite scene in the movie. It was when Josh Duhamel, you know, says, like, how long have you known? And he says, I think I was about 13. And he was like, four years. I thought he was going to be, like, kind of upset that he held it in for so long and didn't tell him. But his immediate response was just like, I'm so sorry that you had to do that for four years. That's horrible. And, I don't know, they just essentially didn't change. The parents were really good characters. Probably maybe the most, you know, fantastical part of the film. Insanely perfect parents. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the how long have you known, I, I love the flashback to the uh, Harry Potter poster. <laughs> Harry Potter poster. <laughs> That's good. Just rips it off the wall. <laughs> His face, that kid, whoever that kid is, had a great face when he'd wake up. He'd wake up and be like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I recommend it. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. The biggest thing, it t- the biggest takeaway for me is what a nightmare it must be to be a kid nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, if that, now that I just found out those websites are real, that I just is, think all and you like, have to drink eight cups of coffee a day. <laughs> all the nastiness you hear online of people talking shit and cyberbullying. The first thing I thought when they were in school is like, oh man, it'd be cool to have my cell phone there. I could like watch a movie, <laughs> download something from Netflix. But then it's like, oh my gosh, it's a burden. Yeah. It's like one long episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. I was like, I could play all kinds of games on my phone. Back in the day, I could only play Snake. <laughs> That's or so good. Tetris on a graphic card. Yeah, so good. Fall down on my calculator. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah. Sounds like uh, most of us, as a consensus, uh, recommend the movie. Some more strongly than others, but... Yeah, give it four stars and letterbox. That's about what I give it. Three and a half, four. I recommend what it means and love the uh, um, the representation that it represents. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's an average rom-com. If you're up for it, go for it. I love average rom-coms. Sure. That may be another reason why I liked it, too, just because it's... That's our genre. I, I like it when that kind of movie is well done, because so many kinds of that movie, like, so many mm-hmm. times, that that's a genre that is very poorly executed quite often. And this didn't... This at least did not feel poorly executed. It's a, it's a rom-com with different clothes on, kind of. Yeah. So, we're going to be uh, moving into uh, a draft. we got a draft for you today. And this is draft with stakes. We're going to be drafting our favorite, our favorite cuts of steak. Uh, no, we're... Uh, it immediately took me to a Star's Born, though, and I was like, oh, that scene was sad with the steak. Inside jokes. I'd love to be part of one one day. I know there's a vampire plot. Um, a well, third steak. Well, let's let's be fair. Inside jokes love to be a part of them. Uh, our topic is what it is because you watched a movie from 2018. <laughs> A couple more of those, and he'll be on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> Call that a streak. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to be drafting uh, with Oscar season around the corner. The death march continues. <laughs> we're going to be drafting movies for the uh, 2018 Oscars. And uh, when the nominations come out, which should be about two months from the day this podcast gets released. Also then, known as now. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
<laughs> you might be listening to this uh, three or four days later. Let's just sure. say, whenever you're listening to it, it is now. <laughs> just to not create any time loops. <laughs> you, listener, are in the present. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see who can wind up with the most total nominations from their draft picks in a couple months. So, There's nominations across all categories. All Oscar nominations. We'll count them up. Which each, does not include Best Popular Film, thank God. <laughs> each team will have four movies, and we'll count up all the nominations, all those movies racked up. Sum them and have an Oscar draft king. And the person who loses does. Yep. <laughs> Kicked off the podcast. The person who loses. Worse than death. <laughs> yes. The person who loses has to uh, watch all the. They have to find us copies of all the foreign films. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want to do this. Although, I think I think foreign film is actually going to be easier this year. It will be. A little I think that there are two guaranteed that we're going to be able to, to see mm-hmm. in Burning and Roma. Is Roma one of the suggestions? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's funky like that. Where yeah, yeah. But draft orders start with start with Chris. Yep. Going around. TJ, me, David. Yep. yep. And then we'll snake you back to the start. Someone want to pen and paper this or keep track sure. of this so we know what movies are I'll, off the board? I'll pen and paper. You also don't seem to have any type of device in front of you to look for movies. No, I have it already pulled up. I'm going to okay. pull when it's my pick. I think I know my top three choices. So, well, yeah. I'll go off the dome. Oh. You nodded like that was easy. I was like, I think I know my top three choices. Yeah, I think the top three are pretty uh, straightforward. Yeah. I think that. Well, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> well, you're, I think, in the best position to grab the movies. You get the two that aren't the best. Yeah. <laughs> base, base, That's the best position. <laughs> at first pick, I basically have to yeah, pick no the movie that gets 13, 14 nominations. Because I don't come back until 8th, which will get True. at like probably two, 1 maybe or 2. two. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, fun. So this is a, a difficult spot. I think there's three possible choices, but I think that the way gambling against acting nominations, I think I'm going to go first man. Mm-hmm. I think it has a chance. I think it is pretty solid to be locked in for technical awards and at least the second best in the nomination field. It's getting picture. It's probably getting director. Right. Actor and actress, maybe. It's getting, I, I would say, Claire soundly Foy. one of the two. Claire Foy for sure. Ryan, uh, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Gosling, maybe. And after that, it's a crapshoot. I think cinematography is a good good bet. Visual effects. Visual effects. And sound has got good editing. I think yeah. I think of all, the movies, of, of all the movies this year, this is my call to be the nomination leader. It's also uh, an adapted screenplay, which helps. It's yeah. the screenplay. There's always one of the screenplay awards that's kind of thin. Yeah. And adapted seems to be that this year. You've got Black Klansman, If Bill Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born, uh, First Man, and then it kind of... Yeah. It's like, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Your Widows, Black Panther. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of adapted uh, I hope Black Panther gets in there. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I love comic books for adapted screenplay now. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, it probably would have been my first pick as well, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, with the second pick, I think I'm going to take uh, A Star is Born. I think it's yep. Sally in picture, I think it's Sally in director, three of the four acting, screenplay, and there's a chance it gets three musical nominations. Right. Um, I could see it doubling up for song. Yeah. Uh, Plus editing. Cinematography, editing. Yeah. 
Um, and it's a movie that everyone is going to have seen, which is helpful for First Man and Star is Born. Yes. It's, 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 I know that it comes out of guilds for nominations, but it is still helpful there. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's. it's crazy that there's a year where A Star is Born, a film with Lady Gaga as the star that's well-received about country music, might not be the highest-grossing Best Picture nom. That is very, very possible. Yeah, so haters quiet down this year about the best movie didn't get nominated for anything. So, someone, literally, someone literally just texted me about Bojangles Breakfast. So, awesome. <laughs> Worth it. Was it the cops? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at, Bojangles? At 9.45 this morning? <laughs> Making the bow rounds. Shut up. <laughs> fucking idiot. It was about bow rounds. <laughs> Alright, so uh, First Man and Stars Born are off the... My number one pick still on the board. What? Well, I'm Your number one still on the board? Yep. Nice. Alright, well, <clears throat> I've, uh, don't really know what to, to do, honestly, here, but, um, <laughs> I feel like this guy's movies always wind up getting nominated for stuff, and, uh, I don't know, it seems very artful and well-liked so far. I'm gonna take Roma. Roma. Mm-hmm. Plus, you said it was eligible in, in uh, foreign language. Yep. Which, Sla- it's gonna slam that. Which gets, yeah. which gets, a, like, a little one-category edge to Yeah. It. It's, it's gonna nail that, and I think it's, it's, it's gonna get... Lots of it's going to be, I think, the top hand in hand with First Man for a lot of technical awards. Um, it's as, got best picture. It's got best director. Yeah, it's got an outside shot at lead actress. Mm-hmm. Which of the directors is it? Quaron. Quaron. Yeah. Quaron. Yeah. But cinematography, a foreign black and white movie, those tend to do pretty well. Yeah. Ida, a couple of years ago from Poland, much lower high, much lower profile. Went, got into cinematography. Could be editing, depending on uh, people's tastes. Editing, you kind of need to just be around the top five, and you kind of just get it. Yeah, I, I think f- people really know what it means. I, f- I feel like for like film art categories, like cinematography and editing, mm-hmm. there's always a a big a, a movie that is large and has all of the editing and all of the cinematography, mm-hmm. and then there's always the quiet, more artistic. Uh, movie that is the second front runner kind of representing two schools of thought original screenplay will be interesting this year you have I think eight films maybe nine that I could see getting nominated you've got Roma you've got the favorite Yoris Lanthimos a mainstay in screenplay uh, awards uh, Green Book eighth grade which we all loved especially the screenplay on first reformed which we are about to watch uh, Vice is also an original screenplay a quiet place sorry to bother you Really good original screenplay year. That's seven or eight. So that makes it tough to tough to, to get in there. Your nomination. I as think well. Roma is probably the one that gets in with the favorite. I think those are probably your two locks. But those other three nominations for original screenplay are a lot open right now. Yeah. Cool, David. Your first pick. My first pick is still uh, my number one off the draft board. <clears throat> Fun. And it uh, it depends on how fun. Uh, the audience is going to be for this. It is going to be the favorite. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, Yorgos nice. Lanthimos. It's uh, you know it looks interesting, and I think you got at least three or four acting, depending on like all three women are probably in. yeah. The, some people are saying Nicholas Holtz like really steals the show sometimes yeah. as supporting actor. I think it's probably in picture. It's outside at director. 
could be in screenplay, but the, I think what could take me is the uh, less heralded tech awards of costume design, production design. It's a costume this is, design. It's still an ornate yeah. Victorian period piece, but just with weird a weird story kind of in the middle of it, and also kind of kind of taking the piss out of. Uh, a movie that is going to be fade into obscurity against the favorite Mary Queen of Scots because it's taking that and turning it on its head. <laughs> Here where a Kieran Knightley and Saoirse Ronan and... It's Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Oh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, and Saoirse Ronan. Where they're playing that straight and Yorgos Lanthimos is like, yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, so this is uh, Coleman, right? Yeah, Olivia Coleman. And Rachel Weiss, Oscar yep. winner. And uh, Emma Stone. Yeah. Yep. Oscar winner. They're currently predicted both to get in Best Supporting Actress. You could fall one of them off, but I think at least one of them's making it. Yeah. Uh, that's a good call in the costume design. That It's war- not as bad as it used to be, but it's still a mainstay. You still get like one period piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get a little bit. I think last year, Itania was kind of the surprise, so I think we're kind of trending that way, where period piece doesn't mean Victorian anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that in a movie that's probably going to get seven or eight nominations is it's, it'll be there. You know what I mean? It's sure. not going to get nominated everywhere else and not there. Yep. I feel like. Whereas the one where it's like the Duchess will just get costume right. and that's its only thing. That kind of doesn't happen as much anymore. But if it's a good movie and it's got good costumes, it could be along for the ride. What did a man called Oove get, get beat for for makeup? Did he get beat by Suicide uh, Star Squad? Trek. Oh, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Makeup's also weird to predict. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that might be a... You got Vice this year for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the front runner, I bet. But but we always make the joke, like, lose. is that going to get nominated because it has the most makeup? Right. Yeah. Because it looks, like at this point, like the favorite has the most hair. <laughs> okay, and then I have the next pick, too. Yep. Let's see, I don't know where to go from here. There's a bunch I could go to. The favorite was my... I had a solid top four, and yeah, then it... Yep. So now you're kind of going for different kind of um, aspects of Oscar. There's not really, I think, a lot left that's going to go across the board. So I think I'm going to make a play for uh, Black Panther here. That's a good pick. That was going to be my pick. Yeah. I also like having rooting interests. Yeah. And I really appreciate that movie. I really love it to make it into picture. Outside shot at director, outside at screenplay, but slam dunks for visual, uh, visual sound. effects. Maybe song with Kendrick. Yeah, possibly. That that'd be kinda cool. Uh, maybe production design, yeah. creating Wakanda like that. Costume. It's insane. He's got I think it's in Best Picture. Mm-hmm. He's got some work to do, um, Ryan Coogler, to get into Best Director, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you have I think Coron, Cooper, and Lanthimos and Chazelle. I mean you might have four locks already, which is hard. I mean, uh, locks yeah. for me, not According to pundits, I wouldn't know if Chazelle is a lock yet, just because of how I think he's tepid. The response to that movie was, yeah, I said they fucking love him, and I also think they. This is gonna sound real shitty for somebody who directed La La Land, but I still think there's that's not out of public sight yet for voters. Mm-hmm. What he went through with Best Picture that year, um, even though he won Best Director, and that movie cleaned up otherwise. Yeah. But you uh, could say he already won his crown for Best Director. And yeah, he also got publicly humiliated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right I think, after that. So I think Black Panther has a lower ceiling than some picks, but I think it has a really high floor in yeah. this in this draft. Like I think there's only I think you're getting at least three or four noms. Yeah. I think I think yeah. 
I think, I think, I think you're good between five. six and four. Yeah. And uh, I see some people saying Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger for supporting actor. I would freaking love that. I he's, would love it. He's the best part. Yeah. The, the best acting part of that. Movie. Yeah. Were you, were you listening? Hmm. I think it's got a shot. Because yeah. that's Rachel Morrison again. The Mudbound. Yeah. Uh, groundbreaking nomination there. Were you thinking makeup or costumes for Black Panther? Costumes, for sure. Yeah, you could do makeup too because all those tribes have the you know a unique characteristic. And the makeup, the Killmonger thing is it's really not, impressive. It's not out of editing. No, no, either. Um, and again, I think production design. I would slam it for that just because creation of that world is so indelible and. Wakanda Forever is still like a, you know, everyone is in love with that world. Similar to like Pandora World that they kind of create. Mm. Yeah, I think it's in on production design as well. And then both sound awards. Yeah. Visual effects, maybe. Right. Cool. Well, my pick, uh, I was hoping to get Black Panther here in the second round, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to take a movie that I don't really know a lot about other than, uh, I think I'm. it's, uh, he at least produced it. I think he directed it as well. Uh, and this guy certainly did well at the last Oscars that he was eligible for. Uh, I'm going with If Bill Street Could Talk. Because it seems like it's, it's going one. to be a, uh, I don't know, it's uh, Barry Jenkins, right? Yep. Yeah, it is It is Gold Derby's, like, high, high, high odds favorite for uh, Best Supporting Actress. Or Yeah, Regina, Regina, Regina King. King. And you could get another nomination there, either Lily... Uh, forgot her name who's who's the the lead in it but Stephen James also there's a couple actors in there yeah and then screenplay you know he won screenplay director I think he's uh if it's really good and they really love it it'd be in there I think it's in for a picture he's also the type who can like s- like sneak in the just the very like quiet artistic cinematography yeah I feel like with his movies like Moonlight did that and I was surprised yeah. at the time it's the same cinematographer I think James Laxton that's doing it so. And it could be something that builds is, you know, Moonlight was kind of a surprise hit, and it's the follow-up. He could get more nominations this time. Mm-hmm. Me? Yes. I think I'm going to pick a movie. It could very easily not get nominated for, like, anything. Um, but I think it's got a shot of getting four or five. A couple of actor noms, best picture, outside shot for Peter Farley at Best Director, which would be bizarre. But I'm going to take the green book. I think it's a great pick. Um, I think you're assured of at least just four there, book. kind of. Yeah, I think Vigo and Ali have chances. Best picture, outside shot at best director, mm-hmm. screenplay. It's in the uh, adapted side, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got outside shots at editing and costume and production design and that kind of shit too. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a very well loved crowd pleaser. So we'd go like a Hidden Figures route to like five I've, or six I've nominations. Compared that movie to Hidden Figures in my head all season so mm-hmm. far. Um, it was good for it that Hidden Figures performed so well, I think, yeah. at the at award season in general. And I haven't seen it. I don't know that much about it, but movies like this can have kind of a, a original song kicker that I don't even know about until later on. You never know. Yeah, and I also feel like it's going to have a good run-up to nomination day mm-hmm. with uh, movies like this tend to perform well at the Golden Globes, National Board of Review, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They love picking these like kind of feel good white people aren't as bad as you think they are movies yeah. and um, it's coming out a perfect time Thanksgiving weekend yeah yeah. Not it's kind of too late for a backlash you know at least before nominations maybe not wins but yeah although apparently I've, I've read it it does have backlash like opportunity it has given itself that with, yeah. with some of Vigo's driving Miss Daisy-ish yeah 
white savior kind of shit. Well, cool. Well, would you guys think that there is a good choice outside of those first seven? Because I struggled to find the next two. I think so. Uh, I've got I've got two that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not telling you what they no, are. No, no. They're, they're high-variance ones at this point. Right. Yeah. So, my first pick is going to be something that could have a Phantom Thread-like effect, where it is not on early radars, but winds up there, and it's Vice. That's a great pick. That's, uh, that's, great that's pick. what I would pick right It could end up with seven nominations. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Or zero. Right. Like, it's... Well, I think it's, <coughs> I think it's locked on a, a few things. If you're trying to grab categories, I think this is your makeup grab. Yeah. And this is several acting nominations, maybe three, maybe more. Even, yeah. I think the only thing he's it's really he's out on. I don't think McCabe's probably going to find a director nom. Probably not for this. But I think Christian Bell's as much of a lock for best actor as he could have at this point. Mm-hmm. Best actor is just not super strong right now, right? Um, and the Academy loves nominating Christian Bell. And then I think for my second choice, sorry, this is it's just changed in my head. It's weird because Derby doesn't have visual stuff up yet for their predictions. Yeah. Just because that's a short list. All the short yeah. list stuff they hold back on. Right. But they've got makeup. They do. Oh, no, they do. They have, they have costumes. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to take one that I think is a lock in two categories and probably nothing else. And that's A Quiet Place. Oh, let's go pick that. Nice. <laughs> Quiet Place is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's got an outshot shot at Best Picture, which would be awesome. Maybe it sneaks in for a director for the fifth spot. But probably will be not. the two locks in your mind. Sound and sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be... The sound of that movie is great. Having seen that, yeah, I was going to say, having seen that in the theater, the, 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 the sound is... Could be the baby driver of that. Right. Like, just designed for those signs. It's like, that's what you do. It's yeah. like like the, the, the dressmaker. Like, that year that came out, it's like, well, you're going to get nominated for costume. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if... <laughs> like a movie I don't know if there's room for A Quiet Place and 8th Grade in original screenplay, mm-hmm. but I think they're both deserving. Yeah. I just don't think that 8th Grade will get nominated for anything else. Right. Right. In this game, right, right, you'd say no, yeah, I'm just saying. Down. I was, it, it, I'm saying that in reference to the odds of right. Plot Place getting right. a screenplay, a screenplay yeah, yeah, um, but it'd be fun. Man. I love Krasinski to get an Oscar nomination. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm gonna take one that also could definitely fall out and end up with nothing. Um, in a year where you have, oh man, like Black Panther and Green Book, I'm still gonna tell you because I think Spike Lee could get a director nom. I think this could end up in Best Picture, and I. Th- I used to think Driver had a shot. I don't know if Driver gets a shot without Washington getting nominated. I don't think Washington will get nominated. But I'm going to take Black Klansman. Here. Interestingly, um, you know, it's for nothing, but the Gothams and the Indie Spirits just came out. Yeah. I guess a couple weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver was the only uh, thing nominated from that. Yeah. There was some weird nominations for the Indie Spirit Awards. Yeah. Like, not a lot of crossover. Like, Eighth Grade was nominated for Best Feature, but not Best... Uh, debut film mm-hmm. weird yeah which didn't make any sense I mean Bo, Bo Burnham is a very very hard to like he, he if if James Gunn is a problem Bo Burnham is a problem sure <laughs> and given it best feature and not actually nominating Bo Burnham might have been the reason right. that happened but yeah Indie Spirit Awards is also I mean it's fun because it's the first big thing in award season but it's not sure but the end all. Spike Lee is also a legend. Never been in director. There's a big push for to get him in there. I think he gives up from a lot director. of critics and stuff. And plus, it's also a period. You could get costumes. You could get makeup and hairstyling because it's you know it's a combined category like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supporting actor is going to be rough. You've got Sam Elliott 
who's great in A Star Is Born. Richard E. Grant has a huge push for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, and that leaves out, you know, Sam Rockwell, Marsha Ali, Timothy Chalamet, who are all in this year. It's going to be hard to sneak in there, um, especially if you got Dale Kaluuya and Widows, who's just nominated and his, you know, peak is still there. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough year for sporting actor to get in. But we'll see. Well, I don't love my options here. That being said, I think I'm just going to pick a movie that's uh, getting a lot of good buzz right now. And I kind of don't know what else to base this on at this point, other than I feel like this movie is trending in the right direction. It's already come out, and I've heard a lot of great reviews about it, so I think that's a good sign instead of picking something that, like, is they're expecting to be good. This is something that at least Mm -hmm. is confirmed to be good, and that is... uh, Hang on, let me get the title of this movie right, because it's one of those oh. movies that has a dumb title, which is a phrase. Uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh. I'm hearing really good things about Melissa McCarthy, saying it's the performance of her career so far. She's got a very good shot at getting nominated for actress. Uh, it's got an outside shot at Best Picture. It's not like... Yeah. It's not out. And it's apparently a... Sporting actor, too. And it's a Richard favorite for a screenplay, Mom. Like, yeah, yeah, screenplay. I think that's it's, that's probably the best it can do is four. But it's got a shot at four. At this point, I'm sort of trying to shoot for one or two at this. Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. one for sure. If I can have the upside of two or three, that, it's, it's it is like the ones that we're picking now at this point in the draft, which is there's no guarantee for one. Yeah, but it's got a, a good high side of. of I, mean, I think legitimately four. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think three is a floor, kind of. Maybe two is a floor. No worst worst case, but that's great value <clears throat> there. Yeah. McCarthy, Grant, and Screenplay are very likely. And then it could easily be the ninth if we have none. Yeah. I wouldn't, <coughs> I wouldn't lock McCarthy only because Best Actress is great this year. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, okay, my uh, I do last two picks, right? Your last two My picks. last two, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those happen we, we call it right here, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to do one that has not come out and shoot for another uh, high-variance one. I have two that kind of... Did my two already come out? I think. I don't even know what's going on. The favorite hasn't really come out, but I kind of yeah. we kind of know what that movie is, and um, <laughs> yeah. Black Panther. We know what that movie is. This one I think is coming out soon, or will have already come out by the time that now is now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with uh, someone that Oscar loves from last time around, and I'm hearing it's a much more fun movie. So it could be a movie people really want to nominate is Widows. Nice. I think you got a shot of, well, this is based on a shot that it maybe gets into Best Picture, but even not potentially screenplay, you know, as an adaptation of a BBC show from the 80s, you know, reinstated. Uh, Viola Davis, always a threat. They're saying, yeah, Kaluuya, they're saying Elizabeth Debicki almost steals the show. Nice. She's uh, like six foot four, tall, white lady. Yeah. (laughs) Who was a gold lady in the Guardians movie. I don't think he does, but do you think McQueen's got a shot at all? I don't, no, only because I don't think the movie's going to be as serious as it needs to be right. to get there, or as uh, obvious, kind of the the direction. It takes place in modern day Chicago, right. so it's tough for it to beat like, you know, going to the moon or <laughs> you going know, to the nineteen fifties, yeah, or nineteen sixties Mexico and all these far flung things. It's like Chicago right. right now may not be as flashy, right? But it could be, uh, you know, could be in some. Some stuff. Yeah. If that uh, if it catches on, and again, it's supposed to be a lot of fun and very empowering. Maybe it rides a wave into some other things. 
you know, Steve McQueen always makes very beautiful films. Could maybe get into, a, you know, maybe a gritty cinematography one, or maybe along if everybody loves it, editing something like that. Yeah. And then my last one is the only one I think that does not have a chance to get into Best Picture. But again, uh, I'm trying to get into the non-techie tech awards. And uh, it's Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, that was going to be my last pick. Yeah. It's the great unknown right now. But so, Song, score, production design, costume, yeah. makeup. Again, you could be, easily hit all could those. could be multiple songs. Yeah. could be visual effects. Yeah. Um, probably not, but, you know, the original Mary Poppins had an element of that. You know, Julie Andrews won the Oscar for it. And people love Emily Blunt, never been nominated. You never know if yeah. she knocks it out of the park. Lin-Manuel Miranda... You know, is in it, and I think doing some songs. I don't really know, but people love that guy and are trying to get him as he got. Yeah, I don't know if he wrote anything. I just don't know yet, but he's definitely performing. Which is... You think he would just like? Can I write a line? I just want to like. Yeah. <laughs> I want to snag this. My O and my E got is <laughs> is painting. <laughs> but I think that one, you know, sight unseen for a lot of people is, uh, you know, could be in some of those categories. Production design too. Yeah. All right, Brady. All right. Um, it's the fourth round. You know, you're not drafting the starting quarterback in the fourth <laughs> round. You're, I'm, I'm going after, yeah, I'm picking a, a special teams player here in the fourth round. Not going to be asking the world of them. They got one job, which is go get that animation nomination and give me my one point for the Incredibles too. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm just going to take my point. I'm not... I don't want to. I don't want to wind up with a zero here in the fourth round. There, I think last time around, Incredibles one didn't get a screenplay nomination. And I think because it was an action animated movie, I think it got some sound. It uh, got like three or four nines. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this one will. There, there is a starting quarterback that is still on the board. That's like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> I'm gonna take eighth grade. Sure. Um, I think it's probably in on screenplay. It could fall out. It's got not a lot of chance at other stuff, but it, but it could. I don't know. Maybe lead actress. Yeah, I mean, I would love Josh Hamilton to get a sporting actor nominee. Mm-hmm. It's not happening, but he was really, really good in that movie. I thought. So yeah, I'll finish up with eighth grade. Cool. Well, we are going to leave the the uh, uh, the starting quarterback on the table. Sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody. <sighs> Almost picked it. Not taking you. I think nah, I think it's I think it's actor and nothing else if or yeah. nothing, yeah or nothing is the problem. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take one, and it's kind of an outside shot, but I think it's a lock in foreign, and I'm maybe supporting actor from Stephen Young. I'm going to take Burning, the Sweet. the yeah. South Korean film. I want to see that movie really bad. <clears throat> yeah, it was another movie that the the rode the festival wave, and um, I just don't think that at this point a lot of people have seen it. So it's I think it's a guarantee in foreign, but I don't know about anywhere else yet. Cool. I'm really bummed looking at all these odds, and I wasn't able to take Mission Impossible because it's just not it's not going to get nominated for stuff, and that makes me sad. <laughs> makes me really sad. One of two five star movies I've seen this year. You want to recap us, Breezy? Yeah. So uh, here are the lists we wound up with. Chris winds up with First Man, Vice, A Quiet Place, and Burning. TJ's picks are A Star is Born, Green Book, Black Klansman, and Eighth Grade. I have Roma, If Beale Street Could Talk, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Incredibles 2. And David has The Favorite, Black Panther, Widows, and Mary Poppins Returns. 
I think Mary Poppins Returns is the best fourth round pick. That's that's a solid one. What was the first one? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> more, more interesting than fucking Incredibles too. <laughs> You know, like you, you know David this draft. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? I don't know. It all goes back to you taking whatever movie you took because the Raptors are known as like the purple or something. <laughs> whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah, I forget about it. <laughs> I mean, they, they called the raps, so I used just rap. It's like, well, well some people in Canada call the Raptors Citizen King. <laughs> Well, cool. We we will find out in January. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like everybody's team. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did good. Yeah, I think we all good. good it's good almost like here. like snake drafts are set up to make it fair. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of Oscars, I've got homework for next week. Who wants to hear it? Oscar does. Oscar does. Oscar, get in here. There's something that is a uh, that is actually pretty good odds to be uh, a screenplay nom. Um, it came out earlier this year and is now available on Amazon Prime for subs. Hmm. Uh, but you can watch uh, First Reformed, that Ethan Hawke uh, priest movie that, but, from the looks of it, isn't about sexual abuse. I don't want to say I'm excited to watch it, but I'm excited that somebody is making me watch it. Hmm. I've needed that push. Yeah. Because I know Ethan Hawke's going to be phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's... If... A movie that has been out for this long is still on people's radar as a great screenplay. There's something about it that needs to be seen. Sure. Same writer as Taxi Driver. Yeah. Oh, cool. Paul, Sch- Paul Schrader. Um, Fun. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. So if you haven't, if you've avoided the theater all year and want to get maybe an Oscar nom off your list, First Reformed. Nice. If you're trying to watch all indie spirits, you'll definitely get this one off your list. <laughs> and good luck with the rest. Yeah. Well, cool. That was that. And Bye. this has been this. <laughs> this is Talking Talk Podcast for the Media Bias. You can check out our website at themediabias.com. Click, click, click. You can uh, Facebook with us at Movies By Us, TV By Us, and Games By Us. Facebook. <laughs> you can email with us uh, at themediabias at gmail.com. Just address all emails to blue. And uh, you can uh, tweet tweet with us at the media by us. Yay! Please <laughs> subscribe and uh, leave us a rating, preferably a nice one, on uh, podcasting app of your choice. And last but not least, thank you to the Willow Walkers for our intro music. Thank you, thank you, Willow Walkers, and thank you so much to Boo Reefa for our outro music. Boo Reefa, check them both out on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads Small town slowpokes long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know